I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed... It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome, everybody, to Rapid Fire, your 2-8 talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in every week at capegunworks.com, and you can click on the Rapid Fire icon to join the conversation. You can also call the show or text to 508-444-2120. That's the rapid fire line, 508-444-2120, if you want to be a part of the show. Remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks. So whatever your preferred method of social media is, chances are we are there if they will allow us. Stay tuned later in the show. We have attorney Keith Langer. We also have Barrett Kendrick joining us from Bearco Training. He is one of the senior instructors on the PDN training tour. He's also a uh, instructor that does um, instructor development. A bunch of our crew here at Cape Gunworks has taken classes from him. And we have an instructor development class coming up in August with him. So if you've always wanted to be a certified firearms instructor, that is a course worth taking because it's not just a certificate to hang on the wall. You are going to get some of the best training you could pay for. Money can buy, in my opinion. Um, So a lot to talk about today. We're really excited you guys are here. From mask mandates ending to uh, ATF director being pushed out by the Biden administration um, for somebody a little bit more uh, willing to toe the party line. Um, We also had uh, the famous... Uh, Smith and Methson gun. I don't know if you've seen that on social media. One of the tribal police pulled a person uh, over or arrested a guy um, with a home-built firearm. So much talk about ghost guns in the in the you know news these days that uh, this one guy who got picked up with this literally old-school zip gun proves that there's nothing new under the sun. They've been making zip guns and home-built firearms forever, but this one is a thing of beauty. You really do have to go uh, check it out. It's a double-barreled zip gun with a embedded dime in the grip and lots of hose clamps, and not to mention um, it also has uh, one of those tactical flashlights mounted right to it. So you got to check that out. That was from the uh, Moscowi Nation Tribal Police Facebook page. But if you go on social media and look up the Smith & Meth dash sun uh it looks like a gun that only a meth you know head would would be in possession of but anyway check that out so we'll talk a little bit about that we'll take your calls and questions um we had a good interaction with grace curly yesterday on the grace curly show um so we'll talk a little bit about that as well we had some really good questions about the ghost gun rules going on um you know, the changes to that and the proposed uh, rule changes, which 
at, at first glance doesn't do a, a ton of change, but it does change enough to, to know that, um, uh, you know, um, things are um, changing. So anyway, we got Kevin on the line from Arizona. You're first with us today on Rapid Fire. Uh, go ahead, Kevin. How are you? Yeah, I'm Hello. Kevin. I'm in Tucson, Arizona. I've always okay, Kevin. felt that the right to keep and bear arms was put in uh, second place in the, the Constitution because those original founders felt that if the First Amendment isn't honored by our government and they don't allow freedom of speech of the press and of the ways that that we get to express ourselves to the government without being abused by the government, that the second most valuable uh, asset that an individual can have is to keep and bear arms. It's not about hunting. It's not about personal self-defense. It's not about any of that. The original founders wanted us to have a strong roadblock against the government ever thinking they can take our rights away from us. It's not a question, it's a statement, and that's the way I've researched, I've looked at it, and that's the way they actually felt. Um, so I think that's important and germane to any gun rights show. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Kevin, and thanks for the call, by the way. Glad to uh, see you're listening out in Tucson. Um, and I would totally agree with you that the importance of, of the position of the Second Amendment um, as far as, you know, where to put gun rights in the scale of all the amendments to the Constitution, but um, is, I think, not by done, not done by accident. Uh, and we just celebrated Patriots Day this week, uh, and we have, um, you know, the reminder of, and I think Patriots Day is our own uh, Massachusetts-based holiday, um, but it is the reminder of what happens when tyrants come for your guns. And that's something that's not always talked about. Oh, yeah, the shot heard around the world, blah, blah, blah. Well, why were the British soldiers marching on Lexington and Concord? Do you, do you remember? Need I remind you? It was because they were going to round up the guns. And they knew that there was some uh, rebellion stirring and that, the people might try to cede from the king. And, you know, they said, well, the only way we're going to stop this rebellion in its tracks is to go get the guns and cut off the ability to fight. And the the patriots knew that. And they said, uh, no, we're not going to surrender. We're not going to hand over our firearms. And that is one thing that I think is being lost by in the general debate over gun control is it's not about high-capacity magazines or deer wear and Kevlar vests or grandpa, you know, being able to go duck hunting. It is about being able to fight against tyranny. That is exactly why the founders put the Second Amendment into the Constitution, because, you know, that as an amendment to the Constitution. So, yes, it also has the other benefits of being able to defend yourself against evil, you know, protect your loved ones, um, hunt and put food on the table, have a recreational sport, have the discipline of shooting, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, it's, um, it's one of those things that you're, uh, you know, you're absolutely right, Kevin. 
it is 100% there for tyrants to, you know, it's a check against tyranny. Um, so don't forget our phone number is uh, 508-444-2120 if you want to be a part of the show. Uh, you can also text in and uh, we'll ask your question over the year, if not this week, maybe next week. So this is Rapid Fire, the 2A talk show where you can call in or leave your message. And we want to thank you for listening, especially to our new uh, radio stations in Tucson, Arizona and Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, if you use, there's a brand new discount code called Spring Fling at Cape Gunworks. If you will get a special discount upon checkout. So you want to make sure you go to capegunworks.com and use Spring Fling to get your special discount code today. It's only for our online listeners. This is Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and thank you for joining us. Before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, the where the Second Amendment is in the Constitution. And, um, you know, it, it's funny how if you read the whole thing, it actually says words like, Congress shall make no law. And shall not be infringed. So it's ironic to me that all of a sudden, you know, unchecked power over decades and decades of time creates this new self-importance from government that they say, well, actually, you couldn't own a cannon right after the Second Amendment was uh, enacted, which nothing could be further from the truth. You absolutely could. There were literally private navies uh, right after the foundation of uh, the country. And um, to fast forward, uh, there's a good article on The Intercept um, called After Years of Failure on Gun Control, Democrats Push More Police Funding. Uh, mass shootings used to trigger calls for stricter gun control, but with gridlock in Congress and midterms looming, Democrats turned to more cops instead. 
it's amazing that the last few years here of calls against, you know, police departments to defund the police and, you know, major gun control regulation and everything else going along with it. The, uh, the bottom line is now on coming into the midterms, they realize it is a losing argument and, they have already seen a huge spike in crime in highly, uh, highly gun-controlled areas such as Chicago and New York City and Detroit and everything else. And uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams has vowed to double the number of subway cops after this you know, tragic subway shooting where this guy you know, violated every law in the book in, in New York and went on to shoot a bunch of people in the subway and he had... Uh, it, it looked like some sort of incendiary device or fireworks or whatever, but he was, you know, obviously a hate-filled individual able to possess a firearm illegally and go on and create mayhem and with that, even with all the laws. So we, we know that gun control doesn't work and the people see through it and now politicians are saying, I need to distance myself from this. So as we come in on a election year, um, they're really starting to distance themselves. But at the same time, those who are in power that were put there by gun control groups, the gun control groups themselves are not happy with the fact that they're not moving fast enough. So what has that done? Well, it's spurred some, uh, spurred some big-time um, uh, changes, like it, uh, the acting director of the ATF, this guy, uh, Marvin Richardson, who's a 30-year veteran of the agency, uh, who's going to be retiring anyway, he got kicked to the curb. Um, and Stephen Gostowski uh, from The Reload has basically uh, broke the story. Um, and it's pretty shocking. Uh, he has been demoted from his current role, and it's been replaced by U.S. Attorney Gary Restiano, who was just appointed by Biden as the top federal prosecutor for the District of Arizona six months ago. So the interesting thing is um, Chipman was very critical of the acting director of the ATF, David Chipman, who couldn't make it through his Senate confirmation. Um, and he accused the acting director of being too chummy with the firearms industry. Now, I always found it interesting that I would go to a gun show or I would go to a shot show or something and the ATF would have a booth there. They would, they would get a booth and you could sit there and go shoot the bull with ATF agents. And, and uh, I was always, I found that curious. I was like, that's interesting, you know, and number one, it proves that the gun industry isn't, you know, threatened by the presence of the ATF, but being there, we're, we're doing everything uh, to be in, in power and I'm in compliance and everything else. And um, so it never bothered me. And they would also sometimes have seminars of how to stay compliant, blah, blah, blah. And I thought it was a good working relationship. If you want the relationship to work, then you have to be uh, cordial and open towards those who are, um, who are, you know, forced to do business with you. So uh, one thing that's interesting about this uh, move, though, is that... Um, the Biden administration has viewed that this is not uh, good for the, the zero tolerance of policy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it says uh, at least some ATF sources perceive Richardson's demotion as a politically motivated punishment. Um, so it, they they said, oh, he's too chummy. He's too, 
close to the gun industry and too friendly with him. And I know that he went to a trade show in January um, with the head of the gun industry's main trade group, um, and they they demoted him right afterwards. Uh, this ATF source says that Richardson's effort to maintain a working relationship with the industry did not soften the agency's enforcement of gun regulations and are integral into making cases. So one thing that you uh, don't realize is that um, because of a good working relationship with the ATF, um, when somebody who's a gun dealer suspects a straw purchase or something like that, um, they oftentimes get tips from gun dealers. So a lot of the tips that the ATF would receive on illegal firearms activity or straw purchases or whatever came from dealers. And uh, so that's something that, um, you know, uh, proves that a very, very small percentage of gun dealers are bad and uh, that the partnership was important. But the ATF is drawing the battle lines and they don't want to further that that relationship anymore. It's apparent that they want to come off as, no, we are an adversarial agency now, and we are taking away any uh, possible warm coziness between the agency and the gun dealers that it has to, um, you know, inspect and enforce any violations with to make sure that there's no uh, relationship there that would impede the officers from doing their job. Um, but the, this current administration um, can't have that happen, happen, and they are wanting to make it a lot more adversarial. So anyway, there's, that's going on. But uh, don't forget uh, to call the show. You can text or you know leave a message or reach us as we broadcast live. Anytime at 508-444-2120. Number once again is 508-444-2120. You can call, text, or leave a message and would love to have you. So someone said, I, I thought you would find this interesting. I work for Wells Fargo Cash Vault in Arizona. However, the Wells Fargo head office is in California, so we are only allowed to carry 10-round magazines. Interesting. I couldn't have loaded weapons entering the vehicle or leaving uh, leaving the building. Uh, entering or leaving the building. Hmm. Saturday, April 9th, 2022 at 11.58 a.m. I thought you would... Uh, oh, that's when the text came in. So it's pretty interesting because the company's based out of California. Uh, even though they're in Arizona, they could only have 10 round. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. And Pete in Tucson, Arizona says, just wanted to thank you for joining Riding Shotgun with Charlie this week. This was a great interview and really enjoyed hearing the origin of the story of your gun show and uh, this talk radio show, the gun shop and this talk radio show. Thank you for your efforts to bring 2A awareness and the radio show. My pleasure, uh, Pete, in Tucson. That was um, a lot of fun. I know that I have uh, made it as a gun guy in this world because I got to do Riding Shotgun with Charlie. That has been on the list for a long time. So Rob from Falmouth says, I was walking my dog on a leash last weekend and a family walking two big Ridgeback dogs off leash ran towards us from quite a distance and attacked my 50 pound dog. We were able to punch and kick the dogs until they released and ran back to their owners. I was carrying. So if they continued to attack my dog or my wife and I would, uh, 
and what would the ramifications be if I shot their dogs or just fired into the ground to scare them? Well, that's a great question, Rob. Uh, one that was probably um, would certainly land you in court, I'm sure, either civilly or criminally or both. And uh, but thank God you didn't need to do that. And but that is why we carry for those circumstances where if the dogs didn't, you know, uh, you know, and back off. I mean, that is really what the worst case scenario is, you know, watching your dog get torn apart by a couple of, uh, you know, much bigger dogs. And I know when we had Keith Langer on the uh, line a couple weeks ago, we talked about this, about dogs in the woods and, you know, if they're chasing deer, can you shoot them? And in some states it's legal. And then he told a story about a guy who was running through the woods jogging and a dog that was off leash came at him and he was in fear and he shot the dog. Um, and I think that guy was found not responsible of any type of, um, you know, he wasn't charged with any type of, uh, crime, but I don't know if that was because he was in the woods versus being out on a, on a sidewalk somewhere, who knows? So, um, fortunately it all worked out the way it was. Hopefully your dog was not injured. So anyway, uh, this is Rapid Fire, a 2A talk show. You can call into the show or text your questions to 508-444-2120 anytime. Please include your first name, your location, and your question. If we don't answer your question during the show, make sure you tune in next time. We will try to get to all your questions. Or text to 508-444-2120. This is Rapid Fire. We will be right back. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. 
Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. to Rapid Fire, your weekly talk show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Don't forget, you can call in to the show, text, or leave a message to 508-444-2120, and we may or may not play it or get to it, um, get to your question, but we would love to have your questions sent in anyway. Speaking of which, um, let's get to a few of your questions right now. Uh Big Rob says, hey, everyone, anyone know if I can put a forward grip on my X-95 in Massachusetts or Afghanistan? Uh, absolutely, you can. There's no law that says you can't put a vertical foregrip on any type of, uh, you know, rifle. That There's no state law about that. So the only confusion about that from time to time is if you have a pistol. So if you had like an AR pistol, you live in a free state and you put a uh, put a um uh, vertical foregrip on a pistol, then that's a no-no. So anyway, all right, let's go to the phones. We have a friend from Rhode Island. How are you today? Uh, you guys are ramping up to uh, pull a, uh, the, the worldwide anti-gun mandate on America and the United States and all our gun rights. And uh, great show. Keep up the good work. Bye-bye. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, there's... A continual attack on our gun rights, unfortunately, and has been for as long as I've been a gun owner, which is going back to 1993, um, right before the uh, assault weapons ban, uh, which, you know, I remember the good old days, 1993 was when I first started getting into guns and I was going to a lot of gun shows. And I remember seeing like SP-89, HK SP-89s for sale at gun shows. And you'd, I'd be like, what? They want two thousand bucks. What? I can get one out of Shotgun News for eighteen hundred bucks, you know. And now they go for five to ten thousand dollars if you can get them. And I did have one once upon a time, but um, you know, it's it's one of those things that is just uh, the we didn't know how good we had it, and then all of a sudden the ninety four assault weapons ban came along that our current president takes all the credit for, and how it did so much to reduce crime, even though they sunsetted it after 10 years for the whole country, because it actually did zero to reduce crime or to reduce violent crime. I mean, zero, like the studies were done. That was the whole point of the bill was like to have a sunset provision. If it really doesn't reduce crime, we're going to let it go. And that's exactly what happened. But um, they want to reinstitute new you know, assault weapons ban and magazine capacity ban for the rest of the country. And for those of us in Massachusetts, we've continued to live under this tyranny since 1994. So the good old days are long gone. Now we have to buy quote unquote pre-ban guns and it's just absolutely ridiculous. So anyway, it's one of those things that you've got to be ever vigilant, join groups that are willing to take the cause and take the battle to the 
individual states where they are needed. Uh, Firearms Policy Coalition does a phenomenal job of this in states like California, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. They've brought lots of lawsuits wherever there's restrictions being put on, um, you know, and and uh, they they've done a, amazing work in in those areas and had some great victories. Not to mention the uh, Supreme Court. Uh, stuff is starting to heat up. We'll see if there's going to be a few cases uh, coming down the pipeline um, with that. I, I hope that we start to see um, some movement on the Second Amendment cases before the Supreme Court. I know the um, New York Pistol and Rifle versus Bruin is coming up soon. We'll probably see some, uh, you know, some sort of ruling on that before the summer. Uh, so I would love to see that, and uh, you know that would be very, very good. And uh, speaking of pre-banned guns, uh, we had a couple of really cool guns walk in the door today. That if I didn't just build a house, I might have been a good buyer for them. But it's they broke my heart because they're so cool and special. But we got two HK uh, guns in there, the old P7s, and one is an M13 with four magazines, original box, manual papers, and one is the oh, M my. and one is the M10, which is the 40 caliber version, 10 round mags uh in nickel. And the M13 is really special because it doesn't have import marks. It was purchased in West Germany and brought back by a soldier. And so there's no import marks. Most of the, you know, HKs are uh, marked either Chantilly or Sterling uh, or Fredericksburg or whatever, you know, the whatever, wherever the importer was at the time. And so I know even those make a big difference. And, uh, you know, the, the MIG, those make a big difference um, as far as uh, where they're imported. But the P7M13 with no import is a true unicorn, and it is in minty shape. And I've had several of the P7M8s. I've never owned the M13. Well, I shouldn't say that. The store owned one once for resale. Um, but I'm just telling you, I am. it's sad the timing isn't right, so I could make those part of uh, my collection because I am... Uh, you know, maybe I could get a home equity line of credit or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'll find someone, set up a GoFundMe account. There we go. You know, because they're not for the faint of heart. But, but that would be a good use of crowdsource funding, in my opinion. Like, Toby can't afford to buy this gun, so he wants to raise money that you guys will contribute to so he can enhance his personal firearms collection. Wouldn't that be a great... <laughs> I don't think I'd get too many contributors, but... um don't forget, 508-444-2120 is the live phone number to call into uh, Rapid Fire. You can also text your questions to 508-444-2120 or leave a message when we're not broadcasting and we may or may not play it. Uh, speaking of which, let's go to Moscow, Florida. Uh, we have a question there. Moscow in Florida, excuse me. Uh, go ahead. Yes, this is Moscow. I'm um, um calling you from Florida, from one of your new affiliates, WBOB, and you uh, you talked this morning exactly what I was looking to inquire about, and that is how to build my own long gun. Mm. You know, find a reliable company that sells a good 
platform, a good spot to start with, you know, then how to do it. Yeah. Well, that's a great question, uh, Moscow. Thank you for the call. Um, what I would recommend is get a good quality receiver to start with. There's some great options, even down in Florida. Made right in Apopka, Florida, is Spikes Tactical. They do a phenomenal job with their regular mill spec stuff. They also do some pretty cool novelty um, guns that are made by uh, Sharps Brothers, and they sell those like the, um, you know, some of the, like I said, they're a novelty type of theme-built gun. But if you want just a good um, mil-spec gun, you can't go wrong with Bravo Company. You can't go wrong with um, uh, Spikes Tactical. You can also get everything on our website, uh, capegunworks.com, and we can ship down. The only thing we got to ship to a local FFL is the receiver. Um, but you can buy the, if you're really going the first time, I would recommend you kind of get a, a uh, full upper receiver, and then you can just change out the gas block and the handguard if you want to free float it, make it easy, because um, there are some more technical parts to um, installing a barrel to the upper, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if you want to build the whole thing from scratch, you can basically source every part online except the lower, and even the lower you could purchase and get it shipped to a local FFL um, and we could take care of you on that. Um, it's pretty easy to do. Uh, there's tons of good support on YouTube. The first few I built years ago were like, um, you know, a step-by-step -step on YouTube. And I'd just sit there and kind of pause the video, go back, rewatch it, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and tons of good content on that. Um, but the, the fun thing about it is it's a little addicting at first. I think I went from building one AR to building 13 ARs like in no time. It just, uh, it just happened pretty quick. So, uh, <laughs> I was all of a sudden, and there was, used to be a joke and a meme floating around like, uh, Oh, I found a roll pin. It's time to go ahead and build another AR. You know, <laughs> it was, it's kind of that addicting, you know, so it is a lot of fun. Um, but you'd, you'd, you know, if you have any questions at all, you can call the store, um, we would be happy to help you there and walk you through it. Um, but you can build a, com you can get a complete lower and a complete upper and kind of pop them together and then customize them as you see fit. Or you can buy all the parts and source all the parts yourself and build them from the ground up. So I would recommend the former and get that done and then uh, start to build another one and, you know, eventually work your way up to it. So hopefully that helps you. Um, it's one of those things that, you know, definitely will ignite a passion in you and you'll have some fun doing it. The beauty of the AR-15 platform, which is um, very versatile, is that even once you, even if you were to buy a complete gun, you could certainly uh, customize it a hundred different ways going forward. So... Even if you buy a complete gun, a factory gun, you're kind of just starting. Uh, that's kind of your foundation. You can customize the gun, change out a handguard, change out a grip, change out a stock. Those are the kind of the basic things. And then you can accessorize it to death as well with, you know, a red dot sight, backup ions, a low power variable optic, uh, you know, laser, light, foregrip, et cetera, et cetera. So you're going to have a lot of fun with that. Um, it's a good thing. Uh, good thing to get into. Good wholesome activity. And do it while you can. 
And if you're in the free state of Florida, you can even build your own out of a polymer 80 lower or a, you know, 80% AR lower. So there you go. Um, have, have fun with that. And we would love to guide you along the way. We've got a AR 15 build class coming up. I think it's full. If not, there might be one or two spots left. Uh, so you can check that out and that'll be a lot of fun. Davey saying he'd sell his kidney for a USP 45. Well, don't do that, Davey. Um, I would say hold on to that kidney and save up for a USP 45. Those are obtainable. Uh, the HK P7 M13s and M10s, eh, not so much. Those are pretty hard. Uh, LARP's wondering if I like Aero Precision, and I do. I think they're a great gun for the money, a great product for the money. They are, um, they're, you know, a mid price point, mid to low price point, and I think you get a lot of bang for the buck on what, what you get there. So uh, Richard's asking what, do I think about binary triggers and do we carry them? Yes, we do tr- carry them. Uh, they are a fun little novelty item um, that work well. In some cases, don't work well. But for the most part, they work well. And uh, they are a good way to have a little fun without having to spend crazy money to go you know, get the full auto experience. Um, so binary, what that means is the trigger does two things when you pull, like when you pull it, it fires a shot. When you release it, it fires a shot. So when you pull and release really fast, you get a really fast rate of fire. Um, so it's the most fun you can have without spending full auto kind of money. Uh, so there you have that. But they're cool, and we do sell them a lot, and we even had some range guns equipped with them, but. Don't forget to go to capegunworks.com and use this week's discount code of spring fling. Two words, spring fling, to get a special discount on your order. This is a special treat for our radio and podcast listeners only, so make sure you don't pass it around. It's special for you guys. Um, All right, friends and family will count. But anyway, use spring fling at capegunworks.com to get your special discount today. And don't go away. We got Barrett Kendrick next. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back. This is Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And speaking of self-defense, I'm really happy to have on the line with us Barrett Kendrick, who is one of the tour instructors for the PDN training tour. Thanks for joining us, Barrett. How are you? I am great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Happy to be on. Great. Why don't you tell our listeners what it is you do for a living as far as training and what you do for the PDN training tour? Absolutely. I, I work full-time in education with personal defense. 
you know, most of it being centered around firearms response, but certainly not all of it. I'm certified as a civilian uh, taser instructor. I do a lot of uh, unarmed response to active shooter events. Uh, but on the personal defense network training tour, most of my courses are focused around uh, the firearms response. Very cool. So you got some classes coming up, right, in the uh, with the tour. And I know um, you'll be team training with Kevin Dixie coming up in a in a little while too on a three day rifle course or something like that, right? Yeah, so Kevin uh, runs a train-and-learn event every year where he invites a, uh, usually a group of probably 50, 60 people that come in to learn all about different aspects of uh, personal defense to get familiar with it. Uh, and I will be teaching uh, one of the, the carbine uh, blocks or the carbine block, I'm not sure, uh, but basically for three days I'll be running fundamentals of defensive carbine classes kind of back-to-back running uh, these different students through there. So they'll get exposure, you know, mostly on the AR-15, uh, the basic fundamentals and manipulations and working around it. Uh, I'll have uh, a wide variety of different experience levels. I'm sure some of the classes will be pushing it a little bit further and further. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I've got the Nemo Arms uh, Battle Light Rifle, you know, that uh, is going to get punished pretty hard over the you know, three days times with lots of different shooters uh, will get the opportunity to shoot that that haven't had it uh, as well as get to kind of put it through put it through the ropes nice excellent that's that's exciting and um, we would love to have you up here one of these days I know you're going to be coming in August for anyone interested in the uh, USCCA defensive firearm shooting uh, instructor we have an instructor development course coming what can people expect if they jump in on that course yeah, I mean, this is, uh, it is a course designed to really help people understand personal defense and what it looks like, how our bodies react under those different types of circumstances, and, you know, and how to uh, build skills that flow along with that. So my goal on that course is, you know, is to help prepare instructors to be able to communicate this knowledge back, is to be able to understand it as well as how can they, you know, best communicate it to the students that they'll have coming into classes. And I've been around this program. Uh, it's, you know, being taught defensive shooting fundamentals under USCCA. Uh, I've been teaching and around this program since about 2010, 2011, you know, before the adoption uh, with uh, USCCA and uh, the, uh, and the development of that program, but I'm in love with it. You know, mm. I've been in love with it. I have been teaching it for many years, and, and there's a reason why I've stuck around this long. Yeah, absolutely. You're definitely one of the senior instructors, uh, you know, around as far as teaching this curriculum, and uh, it's exciting for us as a partner, you know, here in the defensive shooting fundamental world, uh, you know, with USCCA as well as the ICE training. Um, here up in Massachusetts, and we really look forward to having you out this summer and uh, look forward to that. So how can people find you, Bar- Barrett, and sign up for one of your classes? Yeah, I mean, my website is bearcotraining.com. B is in boy, E-A-R-C-O, the word training.com. You'll see the list of all my events in different locations there. Of course, I'm on social media. Uh, you can find me on the Instagram and Facebook, YouTube, all of that under the same name of Barracode Training, or just look up my personal name, Barrett Kendrick. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on with us today, and we look forward to having you 
up here and hosting you up in Massachusetts, and people can sign up from coast to coast. So that's exciting. You're teaching all over the place, and we appreciate that. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon. And uh, we're headed for a break, but before we go, you should head over to capegunmerch.com and use this week's special discount code, SPRINGFLING. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. SnapSafe, featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2,300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly 2A talk radio show where we talk things about guns, freedom, and self-defense. And I want to thank Barrett for joining us. It was great to have him on the show. He has been up to our facility once and trained a whole bunch of our staff. Uh, So that was great. And if you want to take a class with him or anyone on the PDN training tour, I would recommend you go to pdntraining.com and sign up for a class. They have them from coast to coast, sea to shining sea. So you'll get some of the best firearms training in the industry and unarmed training. And I really loved his uh, taser instructor class. I want to get get him up here for that because we uh, do a lot of unarmed training, but we don't do anything with tasers at the moment. And recently, uh, tasers have become available here in uh, the People's Republic of Massachusetts. So... Um, that'll be interesting to get up here, get them up here and, and go, um, you know, to teach that class. So, but he'll be here in August doing his instructor development for the USCCA, uh, defensive fundamentals class, uh, defensive shooting fundamentals, DSF. And so if you want to get in on that, I would recommend you get over and sign up at, uh, pdntraining.com. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what this ghost gun regulations mean. So uh, yesterday on the Grace Curley show, I had someone ask me a very good question about what is this uh, change to the rule of quote-unquote ghost guns or so-called ghost guns. And that's a term that came out 
back when 80% lowers kind of became a thing. Like it has been a thing to build your own firearms, like hobby, you know, homemade firearms have been a thing since the foundation of our country. And, you know, some of the earliest muskets and flintlock rifles that uh, were used in the Revolutionary War were would be considered a ghost gun today because they didn't have a serial number. They weren't manufactured by a, um, a major manufacturer and have some sort of log and some sort of transaction history where it was made by such and such a company transferred to some distributor and the distributor sold it to a gun store and then the gun store transferred it to an individual. Back then you could just, you know, call the local Smith and get it on order and go pick it up. And there was no background checks, no, um, you know, no, uh, serial numbers logged or recorded, uh, no records kept. And that was the way that the, you know, founding fathers intended it. Um, fast forward now, even though we've blown through the stop sign of Congress shall make no law, and we've blown through the stop sign of uh, shall not be infringed, and now we are trying to win our rights back, and we are slowly doing it. 25 out of the 50 states now are constitutional carry states. And it wasn't that long ago there was entire states where it was illegal to carry a gun in, period. Um, we have made great gains. There was the whole May issue movement. There was the whole, um, you know, like, if you can pass a bunch of criteria and give a good enough reason, you might get a permit. And there's still, I would say, seven or eight May issue states. I live in one of them. Um, they have shall issue as it relates to long guns. But if you want a pistol, it is still very much a May issue state. And same with New York and Maryland and California. And there, there's other states out there. I think there's seven or eight now that are, that's what the, you know, the ruling before the Supreme Court the Bruin versus New York Pistol and Rifle Association, State Pistol and Rifle Association, will be, um, you know, forthcoming. That's what they're going to rule on. But uh, getting back to the ghost gun thing, um, let's look at what it really means to you as far as an individual and what what this new changes has uh, has made. So, um, I'm just going to touch on a couple highlights. If you go to a gun store <clears throat> and you want to buy a kit of a gun that basically all the parts are there to build a gun, even though it's not considered a gun, it's a hunk of plastic. But you have to do something like drill it, you know, file it, uh, grind it, cut certain areas out, uh, route it out, if you will. And then you have to install and insert all of the parts. And then when it's all said and done, it would be considered a firearm. That would be a serialized item now that has to have a background check. So that is the biggest change to the regulations that were done, in my opinion, illegally uh, from a regulatory basis, even though Congress had no chance to you know, uh, make the law. Um, even though they say 
Congress shall make no law. Um, but I digress. Uh, Congress is the one that makes laws, and the executive branch enforces them. But in this case, the executive branch has has said that you know the ATF has to change the rules uh, because they don't like the proliferation of freedom happening, and they say that this ghost gun epidemic is you know killing everybody on the streets. And the reality of the situation is it's not, um, but therefore they can't have freedom happening without their uh, permission. So they're coming hard and fast after them. One of the other things is um, anything that is readily convertible is considered a serialized frame, even if it's not able to accept the parts. So, you know, prior to, grinding them out, you know, putting all the parts in it, um, it's still considered a receiver if they deem it's readily convertible. Uh, So those kits, you know, 80% AR-15 lowers are still good to go as long as it doesn't come with instructions and a jig on how to do it. Um, (laughs) And it's just unbelievable that, you know, they've really muddied the waters. It's a 364-page document that came out and um you know if you want to build your own firearm and you go and you pro proffer or you obtain what's con- considered an 80 percent lower or less and you want to mill it out in the privacy of your own home it really doesn't change anything you don't have to serialize it um you don't have to do anything to it but if you buy all the parts at the same time now it's considered a firearm uh all this is crazy as well, too, because 3D gun, printed gun frames have not been affected at all. So you can now go buy a $200, $250, $300 3D printer, of which we have two here at Cape Gunworks. And you can uh, download a file free from the web, and you can go ahead and print out your own 3D printed lower, and then put all the parts in it and with much massaging i'm sure you can get it to run pretty good and it might you know be good to go for a few hundred rounds who knows it might even last longer than that but the bottom line is this rule will not make us any safer and there's a great article about this on ammoland.com uh what biden's atf or as they he likes to call it the aft uh rule change means for us uh at the end of the day is this going to keep anyone safer No, because it's another change in regulation. It makes it harder for responsible gun owners to, you know, obtain and have a hobby, a freedom hobby like building their own firearms, even though they're not a prohibited person in the first place. Um, They can still do this under this law or this rule change, I should say. And most criminals get their guns by stealing them. They're still going to steal them. They're still going to deface the uh, serial number and grind the serial numbers off, which, by the way, is now considered a ghost gun. Bet you didn't know that little tidbit of information. So one of the things the government is considering a ghost gun is just a stolen gun with an obliterated serial number. So that enters into the statistic. That's how most criminals' guns have been for decades. They they actually have special laws about obliterating the serial number off a firearm. So it's illegal to obliterate a serial number. 
But guess what happens when the, the perps are caught with guns? The serial numbers are obliterated. So isn't that funny? They didn't follow that law. So why do we think they're going to follow the law of, you know, homemade, privately made firearms? They're not. They're going to continue to do their thing and continue to wreak havoc on the unsuspecting world because they can and because of a revolving door uh, policy that enables them to get out of jail sooner than they should. That, my friends, has to change. And that is the end of the first hour of Rapid Fire. Holy cow, that went quick. But thank you for tuning in. And remember, the show goes on from here. The first hour is in the bag. And if you don't hear us on the radio after this, you can always tune in at capegunworks.com and click on the Rapid Fire icon. Remember to call into the Rapid Fire line at 508-444-2120 or text in and ask your question. And we will get to it either in the next hour or in the next show if we can. Freedom will always be on the right side of history. I'm Toby Leary. Don't go away. This is Rapid Fire. We'll see you soon. tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com 
and find us online at facebook.com slash safe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in every week at capegunworks.com and click on the Rapid Fire icon to join the conversation and make your voice heard. You can also call the show or text the show to 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. We'd love to have you on the show. And remember to like us and subscribe on all of our uh, all of your social media platforms that you visit. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks, and we would love to see you there as well. Um, we're glad to have on the next segment, we're going to have attorney Keith Langer, who's got a good uh, story that I think is going to get everybody uh, very interested. So stay tuned for that. Um, the first hour is in the bag. We're into our second hour, which I consider more of a local hour. We don't broadcast this anywhere in the rest of the country. We do podcast it to the rest of the country, but um, we talk a little bit more Massachusetts stuff, if you will, or answer stupid compliance questions. <laughs> I mean, the question isn't stupid. The fact that we have to comply is. And I talked about that. I started to hint toward that a little bit Um in the first hour about how, you know, we've, with restrictions, we've had to work very hard to win our rights back. And we talked a couple times about uh, Congress shall make no law and now shall, you know, shall not be infringed and, and whatnot. But even though we have, and government feels like, oh, no right is absolute. Every law or right can be infringed upon, can be changed, can be modified, can be restricted. I find it interesting that uh, Rob Pincus was on NPR. I still haven't got a chance to listen to the article, but I look forward to doing it. Uh, listen to the interview, I should say. But it was kind of a roundtable discussion with David Chipman, of all people, was on there. And uh, so they had David Chipman and Rob Pincus, obviously the NPR um host and I think there was somebody else there too but Rob actually alluded to the fact that the movement of concealed I mean constitutional carry as it's going throughout the country um, will actually continue and he thinks that someday 
background checks altogether will go away and we'll get back to what the country used to be prior to background checks, even at gun stores for purchases. And, you know, I thought that was interesting. I had never heard anyone say that before. And maybe he's right. That would be a uh, interesting thing, because if you think about it right now, we have this system of background checks in place that keep prohibited people from buying firearms. Um, that wasn't like that, you know, 50, 80, 100 years ago. Everyone could own guns, whether they were felons or not. And basically, if they were in commission of a crime, et cetera, et cetera, um, I think that we have a long way to go to get to that. But I do think that um, nonviolent uh, crime should be criminal. You know, people who did their time, paid their price. It was, you know, maybe there's a time period of when they can't for so long, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, freedom at its core and raw you know, in its raw form really should put the onus or the emphasis on um, people to do what's right. And if they screw it up, they should be prosecuted. And if they are prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, there shouldn't be compromise on that. They shouldn't be able to get out six years early, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, 508-444-2120 is the live phone number to call into rapid fire or text your question 508-444-2120. And uh, if we're not broadcasting, we will either play your clip or your question later. Um, so something to think about anyway and kick around for a while, if if you will, um, about how many of us responsible gun owners. Um, and, you know, I think, I, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but I don't, I don't use the words law-abiding gun owners anymore. Not that I advocate criminals owning guns, but the bottom line is there's plenty of people who are law-abiding people that can't own guns. And I don't think that's right, number one. Number two, um, it's also uh, you're one incident away from losing your rights if it comes down to following the formula, if you will, or the law of, you know, or somebody makes a phone call and says, oh, I think they're a threat to themselves or others. And now all of a sudden, because rules are in place, your, your rights can be violated. Um, I'm a little bit more libertarian than that. And I do think that uh, we would, I would like to see um, people who have nonviolent past that might have gotten in trouble, maybe it was drug-related or an OUI or something like that, be able to get their rights restored. It shouldn't be that because 38 years ago you had an OUI, you can never own a firearm to protect your family. or you know That, that does come back to the two-tiered justice system where the one for the, the gentry and the, you know, the people in power and then the one for the peasants. So the peasants are eventually going to not be able to protect themselves because they're going to do something wrong in the eyes of government who grants us these rights. And that's really where we are. Um, and nothing could be further from the truth of to the original intent of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. So, um, you know, if somebody is a violent felon and should be locked up for a long time, I'm all for taking their guns away and lock them up behind bars and don't let them out. If they are genuinely a 
threat to themselves or others, they shouldn't be out walking around the streets. They should be charged in, with a crime. And you know, uh, But anyway, I'd love to hear your comments on that because I know a lot of people are for a percentage of gun control to a certain extent, even long-term card-carrying gun owners like myself. Um, if you think about it, most of us don't want criminals to be able to obtain guns. I think that's a worthy uh, you know, endeavor to keep guns out of the hands of criminals. I also think that keeping guns out of the hands of the criminally insane is a really good idea. If someone has been adjudicated as mentally defective and they are a threat to themselves or others, I don't believe they should have guns but maybe they should be institutionalized, you know? Um, And then, obviously, I don't believe that kids should have access to firearms. I think that under supervision and um, in certain sets of circumstances that children should have access to guns. I don't think they should have the unlocked gun cabinet in their bedroom uh, with the ammunition, you know, stored in a cardboard box under the bed. But I do believe that um, they should be able to participate in hunting activities and range activities and go shooting with their grandfather. And if they're, you know, 14 years old and responsible, they should be able to go out in the field and hunt, you know, and carry their own weapon and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, where are you on that freedom scale from dangerous freedom and highly restrictive government? There, you're somewhere on the scale or the spectrum inside of those two goalposts. Uh, So where are you? I'd love to hear your comments or, um, you know, do you disagree with me? Do you think differently? Um, Anyway, if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, there we go again, asking permission from government. We have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies-only classes and couples classes. Sign up at capegunworks.com. Uh, We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3.
painted. This is attorney Keith G. Langer, not just a gun rights lawyer, but a fellow gun owner at home on the range as well as in court. I can help you obtain or regain your firearms license, recover or transfer your firearms, and defend you against firearms or other criminal charges. I can also help protect your property with will sets, including trusts, health care proxies, and powers of attorney, zoning or other permitting issues, as well as collections and civil litigation. To schedule a consultation, call 508-384-8692, that's 508-384-8692, or visit my website, kglangerlaw.com. Talk to you soon. Welcome, Keith. How are you today? Fine this afternoon, Toby. How are things at your end? They are wonderful. Couldn't be better. Uh, we just continually kick the ball up the hill every day and hope someday it goes down the other side. So, <laughs> um, But it's been a week or so since I've had you on because uh, I went away. And uh, it's good to hear your voice. And uh, I understand you have some interesting uh story about a uh, PD that was charging somebody criminally for defense with a firearm, if I'm not mistaken. I do. But before I get into that, let me quickly dispose of the original question from two weeks ago, which was passing through while hunting, which is, of course, an oxymoron. You're passing through, in which case you're under the Firearms Owners Protection Act, or you're hunting, in which case you're under... Uh, Massachusetts Law 14129C, which expressly authorizes possession of rifles, shotguns, and ammunition as long as you have a valid non-resident hunting license. Mm -hmm. You don't need a firearms permit. You just need the non-resident hunting license. Mm -hmm. Good information. Thank you for clearing uh, Happy to help. (laughs) Now, for my amusing little saga... My client's son is a personal care assistant, and he was at his uh, his client's house, which is also shared with a relative of the client, which relative is large and bipolar, mm. known to be violent, and as they say, known to the authorities. He's mm. had encounters with this town's police department before. He's in one of his bipolar manic moves when my client's son arrives, starts going off the rails. Client's son videos and sends images of this tantrum to his father, who had dropped him off. Dad turns right around, comes back to get the son. The relative comes charging out, first blocking the father from even getting out of the vehicle, and reaching in, taking the keys, and attacking my client with the keys. Then he starts wrestling and choking my client out. Remember, this is a large guy. He's got his arm around my client's throat and is choking him out. The, uh, The son is trying to get the attacker off his father, but the attacker simply takes his other hand and grabs the son by the throat. So, before... Either of them get choked out. The father draws his firearm, tells the attacker to get back, which, fortunately, the attacker does. Wonderful. 
Son gets out his phone, calls 911, hands Dad the phone. Dad reports the attack. Stacy has a gun. The police come. They arrest, as they should have, the assailant. And then as part of securing the scene, they took my client's LTC and gun. Weeks go by. His LTC has been pulled by his hometown on the false claim that he's facing criminal charges. There were no criminal charges. There were no criminal charges when they wrote the suspension letter. There were no criminal charges when I wrote the letter to the chief. And then apparently they crossed in the mail because the police department in the town where this happened, either as a CYA for themselves or the town which pulled the license on the false assertion my client was charged, seeks a criminal charge in district court. Now, at least they did it through a clerk magistrate's hearing. Not like the last time I saw such false charges brought directly through a criminal complaint, which means you're automatically in court being arraigned. Mm. So even if the case is dismissed, it's on your record. Here, they went through a clerk magistrate's hearing. So the officer comes in and he reads the report, which says everything I said. My client's son is there. He's attacked. He calls his father. Father comes. The father's attacked. Father displays the firearm. No shots fired. He simply displayed the firearm, told the family to get back, to stabilize the scene, calls the police, tells them what's going on. They come. Mm. And I told the clerk magistrate that on those facts, there's absolutely no basis for the complaint even being sought, still less issued. Right. And the clerk magistrate agreed. Now, the icing on the cake in all this, the assailant had already been arraigned in that same court on charges brought by the same police department. And my clients were in that same court yesterday to testify against the real assailant in this matter, mm-hmm. who, by the way, had a meltdown and was grappling with the court officers and supposedly throwing papers at the criminal court clerk, which always makes you really look good to the judge. Right. So he really got to wonder what some of these police departments are thinking. Unbelievable. It's, it really is unbelievable. And, uh, it's reminiscent of a, uh, client of ours actually that I referred to you a couple of years ago, um, for, uh, a very similar situation where they were followed into a parking lot and attacked by a 19 year old, uh, felon, who threatened to kill them and said he had a gun in the car and was reaching in his glove box to get his Glock, as he called it, to shoot them. And he didn't say it in those pleasant terms. And the funniest part is he started to videotape the whole situation like he was going to videotape himself shooting these people. And um, and I, they lived too far from you to actually get your have your services. But um, they ended up, going to court and the judge was literally looking at the police officers like, why is this guy here? Why is he in my courtroom? He didn't fire a shot. He held him at gunpoint and said, you know, you're not going to get your gun and kill me, which is on the cell phone video of the guy doing that after violently attacking them. And 
when the police showed up, the kid had fled the scene. So they arrested the, uh, the guys who defended themselves without firing a shot. And it basically bankrupted them to defend themselves. It was unbelievable. And, you know, you think in like, okay, I get it. You get a call f- for a guy with a gun. The guy with the gun's going downtown. But usually this could be cleared up with a couple of quick, you know, eyewitness accounts of what took place. But instead they run him through the ringer and made him spend tens of thousands of dollars to defend himself only to be thrown out. And, uh, you know, it just drives me crazy. It's like, what in the world? And that's all without even a shot being fired. Imagine what the cost involved would have run if it had been a, you know, defensive firearms incident where they had to shoot someone to defend themselves or others. Because anytime it's guns, that's their knee-jerk reaction. Right. And that may be the case here, although it took them about a month to bring the uh, application for a complaint. So how big a crisis could it be? Was it really that dangerous if it took it that long just to even apply for a complaint? Mm. I, I suspect the fact that the other town had slipped the leash and suspended the LTC on the claim that there were criminal charges pending when they weren't had something to do with it, but we'll never know. Right. Now, uh, just as a follow-up on that, when the, um, when that person, uh, has the dismissal of that case in that situation, uh, then is the town obligated to give him back his license to carry? They're not obligated to do anything as you know. Yeah. So we can, once I get the actual documentation from the court for the imaginary assault, then we can pursue that with the chief that suspended the license prematurely. Mm -hmm. But chances are they'll just refuse and make us go to court and squander more money because they're perfectly happy to make you spend your money propping up their ego. Mm. I wish there was a way to hold them financially responsible. That's that would be the only way uh, that would. Sound, yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, so you can't sue any government agency in Massachusetts for violation of your uh, constitutional rights. Yeah, but you're not going to get such a charge here because they're going to say, "Well, there, there was a a, 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 a gun used." Mm-hmm. In fact, it took them that long to even bring the charges showed that there was no immediate threat, plus the police report itself said nothing about the use being inappropriate. None of the police were there at the time, so all they have to go by is the report of my client and his son, and there was a third party there who happened to be delivering meals on wheels at the time. So they've got nobody saying that the gun use was inappropriate. They've got nobody saying the gun use was unnecessary. But, ooh, guns, so three or four weeks later, we have to bring charges. Now, let me ask you this as a quick follow-up to that as well. If the um, person ends up, you know, he obviously handed the cop the license to carry because the cop said, oh, you got a license to carry, let me see it, when he showed up because the guy has a gun. Is he obligated to produce that and hand it to the police officer? Or um, could he say, you know what, I really don't want to, and over any ID right now, let's get my lawyer involved and we'll we'll straighten it all out. The game is played. First, if the cop knows what he's doing, he doesn't ask. Mm-hmm. If he asks, 
it could be deemed self-incrimination. The mm-hmm. correct procedure is, please show me your license. At which point you show the license. Yeah. And put it back in your wallet. <laughs> right? Except that they're going to take it and the gun because they're going to secure the scene. Yeah. Well, if they're leaving and everybody's licensed, the scene is secure and both should go back to the owner, but that's not how they play the game. Right. I mean, I once had a police officer, I told him, like, what can you do in this uh, situation like this? Because once they have it physically in their hand, they're probably not giving it back. And he told me, yeah, just don't give it to us. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, I wouldn't hand it over because you're probably not getting it back. Charge because you're required to by law. Mm, yeah. You're required to produce the license. Produce it, but do you have to hand it over? Can I hold it up so they can see it's me and see the date and I'll tell them the number and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Good luck dancing on the head of that pin. <laughs> you will recall that this is a state where, in its infinite wisdom, the court upheld a an attorney in Springfield being seized because some cop saw a glimpse of a gun as the wind blew his jacket up and then held him to make sure that the license was valid. Oh. God. And took the gun and the license. That's equivalent to them taking your car and your license away if you're stopped for speeding because they, they have to, sure to be sure to make the license valid. Right. Unbelievable. Well, thanks for your wisdom as always, Keith. And don't forget, Action Pistol League is back. I am a man of my word. Join us May 2nd for this friendly competition. It's open to all levels. There will be a prize each night and a grand prize at the end. So you don't want to miss it. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class calendar to sign up for each Monday night. Action Pistol. And more after this. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm Toby Leary, your host, and I'm glad you're here. Don't forget to text or call your questions in on the new Rapid Fire line, the 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120, where we may or may not play your question or read your text, but we will try. We will do our darndest, as they like to say. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, thanks for joining us. And uh, I'm going to get to one of the earlier texters on the uh, on the rapid fire line. And this is Val from Lexington. He says, can you legally buy ammunition through the mail in Massachusetts? And that is a good question. Um, I would say it's, a, it's complicated. Um, I don't think there is any law prohibiting you, the buyer, but 
the state has made it mandatory to possess a license to sell ammunition in this state. So if you don't have a license to sell ammunition in the state, you technically cannot ship ammunition to Massachusetts. Then if you read the way the law reads, which is um, that ammunition can only be purchased by producing your license at the time of sale in hand. So how do you buy ammunition through the mail if you can't produce your license in hand at the time of sale? Um, So I would say, unfortunately not. But the way you say it, can you legally buy ammunition through the mail in Massachusetts? I don't think you are on the hook if you do find a online retailer that will send you ammunition to your house. I don't think that um, incriminates you, but I could be wrong. Um, that would be a great follow-up question with Keith Langer. But the the bottom line is, the um, you know, there are retailers that will. We, unfortunately, have our hands tied. We are a licensed gun shop that can sell ammunition through the mail to pretty much every other state except we're prohibited. I think California and New York are the only other two states where it's prohibited. Um, And we would love nothing more than to be able to sell ammunition to people in the state uh, through the mail. So we may or may not um, have a delivery vehicle in the works for the future. That would be um, a way we could do that. So we could ship it, um, you know, to your house via our own delivery vehicle so that when we, uh, show up at the house, we can ask you to produce your license to carry and we can verify it in hand in person at the time of sale. So that would be the only way we could do it. And we have to determine if we're going to be the next amazon.com of, uh, of, uh, you know, such and such, uh, ammo, you know, amazon. Yeah. Amazon.com. Right. Uh, so anyway, uh, but I, again, I, and actually Keith is, chiming in right now that's yes uh find a place which ships to mass many won't so um again it's legal for you to for you to buy it but not technically legal for the store that is shipping it here even though a lot of them like to give the middle finger to the attorney general saying yeah come and get me and uh so that's really where that that is so anyway um cool that's a great question though and we would it's ridiculous that you you can't, and it's always funny to me when uh, somebody does show up at Cape Gunworks from out of state and like, yeah, we can't buy a gun. We're just here from out of state, but you got a great deal on some ammo, so I'm gonna uh, go ahead and buy the buy some ammo while I'm here. And I'm like, okay, well, what's your address? And they're like, why? And I'm like, because I'll have to ship it to you, because I can't let you leave the store with it. What? What are you talking about? It's just ammo. I'm like. It's regulated in Massachusetts. In fact, I can't even sell you a box of primers. I can't sell you a, a bag of used range brass. I can't sell you a bottle of uh, CFE-223 if I had it, you know, powder or primers or bullet heads or components. I, I'm sorry, I can't. And they're looking at me like, you guys messed up. Yep, I know we are. Uh, we are very messed up in this state. And just think of all the lives it's saving. Come on now. It is saving lives. Think of how many more shootings would be occurring in Chinatown right now 
than the ones that are already happening in the highly regulated state of Massachusetts, where you have to go through all the hoops in order to get your firearms license and obtain it. And in some cases, you might need to uh, solicit the services of an attorney, a competent attorney like Keith Langer, uh, if it's more complicated than just going and filling out the application and getting it. But you can ask the good people of the state of Massachusetts if you can have permission to participate in your freedom of the right to keep and bear arms. And they will then tell you all the hoops and steps that you got to climb and all the hoops that you got to jump through. So there you have that. Anyway, all right. Uh, Josh from the text line says he has a um, Massachusetts LTC uh, unrestricted and his question is, if he's he's an over-the-road truck driver, is there a federal license that he could apply for so I don't have to issue, um, so you don't have an issue whether you have it on you or not? Uh, in the unfortunate, you should have to use it. Unfortunately not, Josh. And this is the push towards constitutional carry. So the good news is, in 25 states, you don't have an issue. Um, every constitutional carry state, you, you can do that in 25 states right now. Um, then there's another, I think, 10 or 11 states that if you get the Utah non-resident license to carry, um, you can carry in those states. And I think if you get the Florida non-resident license to carry, it adds one more in the state of Florida. So you can obtain licenses in certain states like Connecticut, um, Utah, Florida, et cetera, et cetera. And then You'll, but you'll never be able to drive around with a loaded gun on your hip in all 50 states until we either have a national reciprocity act of some sort or constitutional carry in all 50 states. I wouldn't hold my breath for the latter. The former might have a chance if you know um, there's favorable administration to guns. It's never going to happen under the current administration and the current climate Um and Congress, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, there is a big push. Everybody who has seen the deterioration of our country from the, in the last two years can understand that, hey, I am my own first responder. And Josh, you're thinking along the lines of, I know I need to protect myself because um, sometimes you know police can come in time. Other times they can't. Other times it's an immediate need and where seconds are counting not minutes. And uh, if that's the case, you need to be uh, able to defend yourself. And if you're in a state that's prohibited and you can't, what are you going to do about it? So, um, you know, it's it's really difficult to um, have yourself armed, maybe a taser, maybe a pepper spray or something else. Um, you'll need to, you'll need to, you know, figure out what way works best for you. I know I read an article once about these truck drivers that were carrying black powder single-shot pistols, like modern muzzle-loading pistols, because they were unregulated in a, I don't know, 40-something states. So they'd have a firearm for whatever states that they um, could carry in, and then the states they couldn't, they had a loaded muzzle-loading uh, pistol in under the seat or whatever. That wouldn't help you in Massachusetts uh, if you were from out of state because it's considered a firearm once it's loaded. But um, in a lot of states, it, it was fine. There was a few states you couldn't have a muzzleloader. But anyway, 
I digress. Good luck with that. And hopefully someday we live in hope and prayer and pray that our rights will be restored to us. Uh, so, and I would definitely join USCCA or US Law Shield. If you use, choose US Law Shield, you can get an all 50 state rider and um, use CGWMA as the discount code. You'll get a very special discount on that. Um, but if you're in another state traveling around for work and you have to use a gun to defend yourself, the last thing you want to be doing is flipping through the yellow pages to find a lawyer that, that can uh, help you with that. So, anyway. HPS is commenting on how I said how quick the first hour went. He says, because I don't shut up. Oh, yeah, it's a talk show because uh, you didn't stop talking. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Mike from the Vineyard says, ghost guns, gun violence, assault weapons, high-capacity magazines, and law loopholes are all media terms designed to frighten and confuse the uninformed. I would agree 100% with that sentiment. Um and LARP is saying, are gun, stun guns a viable option? My grandfather gave me an old stun gun from the 80s or 90s. Is it silly for me to carry? Obviously, you have an LTC. Um, no, I think a stun gun is a viable option. If it's from the 80s or 90s, I'd throw it away and buy a new one. They're only 30 bucks. You know, you won't break the bank buying a new stun gun, but I'd want to make sure it works and it's up-to-date technology. Uh, the problem I have with a stun gun is it's when the dude is lying on top of you, beating your face in. They only work as a contact. Um, I would prefer a taser to a stun gun because you can deploy it from 10 or 15 feet away and still hit the person. I don't want to go ninja with a guy. I don't want to go MMA on the streets. I want to keep my distance and try to maintain that distance. And a taser helps you do that at distance if, if you're choosing less lethal options. Um, sometimes I think I don't want to be the, the police officer who confuses one or the other and carry both, but I also don't want to have a taser in my hand when I need a gun in my hand. So, um, for that reason, I don't carry a taser. Not to say you shouldn't, but it's certainly something you might want to consider. Um, so think about it. We have Rob Pincus coming to Cape Gunworks as part of the PDN training tour. Friday and Thursday and Friday, uh, April 28th and 29th uh, for defensive shooting fundamentals and unorthodox shooting positions class. So go to capegunworks.com and click on classes to sign up today. This is an official tour stop on the Personal Defense Network training tour by the man, the myth, the legend, Rob Pincus. It's one of the best classes you could take here at Cape Gunworks, and I'd love to have you guys do it. Uh, so sign up today. The class is filling up, and it's getting close, so you don't want to be left out. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Lear. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work. On the road or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, 
backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong. And Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and this is your weekly show, All Things Guns, Freedom, Second Amendment, and Self-Defense. And I enjoy talking to you guys, so make sure you call in to the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. Or you can text 508-444-2120, and we will read it on the air. Like right now, Dan from Quincy on the text line says, you have a great range and staff. Your staff is by far the friendliest and most welcoming of experienced in mass. And for that reason alone, if I ever need to go to a range in mass, it'll be yours. Keep up the great work, sir. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. That is very kind of you to, uh, to give us that feedback, and we appreciate it. Um, we try. Let's put it that way. We try. Um, and we don't take that for granted. We don't take your business for granted, and I appreciate it. Um, all right, so uh, let's see here. Getting back to your questions. Thank you for that. Don't forget uh, 508-444-2120. Um, and MacMan says, hey, Toby Roy, I'm not going to lie. Toby, it felt really good having my wife do my dirty work while I was at work. Can I? I can get used to this. I'll have to leave a wish list with you. Yeah, uh, MacMan sent his wife down to Cape Gunworks to take care of some business for him. Uh, no firearms-related purchases or anything like that, but um, you're definitely going to have to give her uh, the Cape Gunworks gift card and and take that leash off and say, get whatever you want, honey, next time she's down. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie either, MacMan. It's definitely more pleasant dealing with your wife than you. So uh, just throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, man. Uh, it's always good to see you. Uh, and LARP is saying um, a bookmobile for ammo would be awesome. Um, yeah, like a little ice cream truck, right? We could drive around the, 
the ice cream truck and ring the bell, drive up and down neighborhoods, bling, bling. The Cape Converse ammo truck is here, guys. Bling, bling. Oh, Dad, can I run out and grab the? Yeah, here you go, son. Get me a, get me a case of two, two, three, and a, a couple boxes of nine millimeter ball ammo, and see if he's got any forty-five today. All right, I'll be right back. <laughs> bring, 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 bring. That'd be great. Um, I don't know where that came from, but Steve Daniel says, other than the usual. 308 Cal, have I found any advantages or disadvantages of building an AR-10 versus AR-15? Um, just long-range capabilities, hunting capabilities. You can't hunt in all a lot of states with a 223. Um, so that makes a big difference. I took a AR-10 out to Texas and hunted um, deer with my AR-10 that I built, and it was awesome. We had a great time, and... I was able to kill a nice buck out there with it. And I I even used a suppressor. Can you believe it? One of those gun mufflers. And yeah, I, it, it was awesome. And my guide was especially thankful. He's like, oh, thank God he's got a suppressor. You know, he's like, he won't blow my eardrums out when he shoots at the deer, you know. Uh, and it's funny because a lot of the guides actually bring the hearing protection. But I... I never found it to be particularly uh, fun to put hearing protection on when I'm hunting. I just like to be out in the open air, and I don't want these big headphones on my head. So um, I would like to be able to hunt with suppressors in this state, but can't even hunt with a rifle in this state. So anyway, here's something cool, guys. We're having a special Spring Buyers event. It's like an open house on Saturday, April 30th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and we have special vendors. We're a little late in celebrating our anniversary, or early, depending on which anniversary date you go by. Um, But uh, we're going to have all kinds of vendors. There's going to be food. There's going to be special prizes. It's going to be awesome. Saturday, April 30th, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., Sig Sauer is going to be here. we got a lot of other vendors as well, prizes, giveaways. You don't want to miss out. It's going to be awesome. We haven't done it in a couple of years because of the big C, but we're welcoming back our vendor day on April 30th. So come on down to Cape Gunworks, and we'll see you then. Um, we'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch Defensive Hollow Point Ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap Safe, featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. 
If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and thank you for joining us each and every week. We know that your time is valuable, and the fact that you choose to share it with us and spend it with us is humbling. Uh, The phone number here is 508-444-2120. You can call in when we're live, leave a recorded voicemail message, or you can text your questions to 508-444-2120. Uh, And when we're not broadcasting, we will gather those questions and answer them on the air whenever we get a chance. So um, once again, it's 508-444-2120. So today is a cool day for me because uh, I'm going to try and bring it up. But uh, today was a day that I um, officially endorsed Jeff Deal. And there's a press release now uh, going public from Jeff's campaign. If you go over to uh, the Jeff Deal campaign, you'll should be able to see that. Let me see if uh, uh, if I can bring it up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, so you, you'll see if you go there. I'm going to read it on the air here. Um, it's a very in-depth and. Uh, kind of a long-winded press release, but I think it really does um, hit home. Number one, the need for us as gun owners to really rally together, even cross over the aisle. Uh, I think Massachusetts does a very good job of one thing and one thing only, and that is understanding there's only one check to the huge... um, unbalanced legislature in this state, and that is the governor's office. And we do historically vote a Republican governor, even though the legislature is like having the fat kid on the end of the seesaw in the playground, and your legs are kind of swinging in the air there. You you, you know, it is so heavily tilted to one direction um, that, you know, a, a Republican legislator is going to be shoveling against the tide let's put it that way um and by all means i i don't necessarily mean to you know paint this into republican democrat it you could fill in the blanks right or left or whatever but that just is the way it shakes out you know most of the people that run in the state are either republican or democrat and it is heavily democrat democrat controlled and um so as a kind of a counter to that they usually put a Republican in the corner office. And I think that's the only thing going for um, against Maura Healy, if you will, is that there might be people who are critical thinkers that say, wait a minute, if I put a Democrat in the corner office and then we have a heavily controlled legislature and heavily appoint Democrat-appointed um, legislature, 
I'm I'm sorry, judiciary, then there really aren't any checks and balances anymore. And the uh, Green New Deal side of the party could really run roughshod over everything and anything anyone wanted to do in this state. So I really hope that people will be reasonable as far as um, their support for Jeff Deal, who is an experienced politician in the state and has held public office, has run for Senate and has been a state senator and state representative. So um, I would like to see him win, believe me. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to read the, the press release that came out today. Um, and you can go ahead and look it up if you wish. Um, but here it is. Deal Allen ticket receives endorsement from Toby Leary of Hyannis based gun Cape Gunworks. Hyannis, Toby Leary, the well-known owner of Cape Gunworks. I think that's a little embellishment by the way. Uh, <laughs> but I accept, um, the, uh, well-known owner of Cape Gunworks in Hyannis announced today that he is endorsing Jeff Deal and Leah Cole Allen for governor and lieutenant governor. I've known Jeff Deal for a long time, and I know he is a solid supporter of the Second Amendment rights. So is Leah Cole Allen, Leary said in a statement. Jeff and Leah understand that firearms ownership is not just a fundamental constitutional right, but also important support of self-defense and recreational hobby for many Massachusetts residents. They also know that owning a firearm carries with it certain responsibilities, including proper education, training, and safe equipment. I'm convinced that Jeff Deal and Leah Cole Allen are the best candidates to defending these rights and principles on our next, uh, as our next governor and lieutenant governor, and I am proud to endorse them. Toby is a well-known business owner and a legend, I don't know about that, but again, I'll accept, in the firearms dealership community. And I sincerely appreciate his endorsement, Deal said. Gun owners throughout New England know and respect Toby for all he's given to the firearms industry and its customers. I've had the privilege of visiting Cape Gunworks, and I appreciate the hard work Toby has put into building up his business over the years. I'm proud to represent the Second Amendment rights and interests of Massachusetts gun owners as a candidate for governor. As someone who's committed to protecting the Second Amendment, I greatly appreciate Toby Leary's endorsement, Leah Cole Allen said. I respect Toby as a leader in the firearms dealership industry and all of the hard work as he has done on behalf of gun owners. I am thankful to have his support of my candidacy for lieutenant governor. Deal, a resident of Whitman, formerly served as state representative and supported Second Amendment rights and responsible gun ownership as a member of the legislature. Uh, as a legislator, Deal was credited by Massachusetts-based Gun Owners Action League with 100% rating for his position on firearms issues from 2014 to 2015 and again from 2016 to 2017. He also defended these principles as Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate in 2018. Leah Cole Allen likewise supported the Second Amendment rights as a member of the legislature and was a vocal advocate for gun owners. Both have made support for constitutional rights of Massachusetts citizens, including support for the Second Amendment, a cornerstone of their candidacies. Toby Leary is the president and co-founder of Cape Gunworks in Hyannis, and Leary was first introduced to shooting at the age of 12 through the Boy Scouts of America and has turned his lifelong love for firearms, defense, and the Second Amendment into a successful business since its opening in 2012. 
Uh, Cape Gunworks has been well known throughout New England for its high standards and its commitment to providing both citizens and law enforcement personnel with a place that can be, they can be trained, equipped, and educated for firearms ownership in a safe, clean, and professional environment. For more information about Jeff Deal and his campaign for governor, please visit www.jeffdeal.com. That's G-E-O-F-F-D-I-E-H-L.com. For more information about Leah Cole Allen and her campaign, please visit www.leahcoleallen.com. So that's um, the official press release that has come out today. And I am proud to uh, endorse both of them. And I think that we really need to rally around them. Uh, that is going to be the only um, the only way we will be able to stop the tide of you know further gun restrictions that will I'm sure be coming along uh, in the future. And I have had Jeff down in the shop. He's a great guy. I look forward to working with him. We're definitely going to have him on the show in the future, so stay tuned for that. I look forward to having him on the show, and we will uh, talk guns. He has agreed to sign a no new gun law pledge as governor of Massachusetts. He will not personally sign any new gun laws into existence in the state of Massachusetts. He's agreed to it. That was part of my endorsement requirement and he has agreed to it so we're going to hold his feet to the fire on that not that i think he wants to anyway and uh but we're going to have him on the show that's going to be great and uh thank you for tuning in remember the show ends here but you can always tune in at capegunworks.com slash rapid fire or call or text the rapid fire line 508-444-2120 that's 508-444-2120 keep up the good fight support your local community and your local gun shops. (laughs) Be a good advocate and a responsible citizen. Uh, Put on a good face of responsible gun ownership in your community and take someone new shooting. Together as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary, and I approve this message. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Take care.